0: Hey everyone, it's time again to crack open a cold one and talk real estate with Mike Ferrante from Century 21 Homestar and the 21 Mike team based in Cleveland, Ohio. We are chatting about all things real estate from agent training, real estate investing, buyer and seller tips, and more. It's free beer and real estate.
1: What's up everybody? Uh, Mike Ferrante, Century 21 Homestar, 21 Mike team got a great topic for today's session. We're going to cover the basics on teams. Uh, We're all kind of aware that that's the direction that real estate is going, that you're either at one end of the spectrum or the other with one end being teams and sometimes mega teams. We'll talk about that a little bit. And then the other end of the spectrum is the solo agent. And we're seeing the business kind of evolve into like those two kind of segments. Uh, so let's do some quick introductions. As usual, Tony Geraci, broker owner of Century 21 Homestar, is here. Um, you can reach Tony on his cell. He loves to text. That's 216 374 1269. How are you doing today, Tony?
2: Good. Good day. Good Tuesday.
1: I know that you said a lot of agents ask you questions about this topic, but I also want to cover from the perspective of the consumer. What do buyers and sellers perceive or maybe not understand about teams? So let's make sure we hit that. Uh, Also, if you want to reach me, it's mike at 21mike.com. I prefer email. And lastly, we take these sessions and put them up on our YouTube channel and soon we'll be streaming on multiple platforms working on that. So if you miss a session or if you're watching this on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. All right, so Tony, let's jump in. I'm actually gonna throw a question to you uh, first before we um, get too deep here into the minutia of Teams. Uh, you know, in general, a team is a, a group of people. It could be as little as two people, but they get together and kind of pull their resources and time to do the business just in a different way. W- what are some of the biggest questions you get, first of all, from agents about teams?
2: Sure, just what is uh, the blueprint of a team, and when can you call yourself a team, and what they all the way down to what the legalities of dealing with clients. On that. So anywhere from just the minimal of when can I call myself a team and to all the way to what are all the nuts and bolts of what do I have to do when we have clients together as a team and what paperwork has to be uh, made sure you know the agencies the consumer guides all of that so it really have to it's it's individual per agent and team so to say.
1: So when can you call yourself a team, Tony? What if, what if uh, my wife and I want to get together and sell real estate? Can we be the Mike and Brenda team? Uh,
2: definitely. Basically, in the state's eyes, you could call yourself a team at any time. You don't even have to have a second member. Just like a business is out there. They say, you know, so-and-so in associates and associates. They go, well, who are your associates? I'm like, I'm just a one-man office. I'm like, well, you call yourself associates. So a team, you know, the word team and group and to make you an agent feel like there's more people involved, a one single agent is, can do that just the name wise.
1: Yeah. So I have an example of that. So say I'm a solo agent and I hire an assistant. I can now be a team because I have, <clears throat> I do have more than one person working on your real estate needs. So I'm a team now, right? Correct.
2: And just like agents in our office, we have a team of support in the office that's licensed too. We support all of our agents. So all of our agents, I say, you want to call yourself a team, call yourself a team. You have a team of support that also is legally allowed. That's management level, broker level to talk to your clients and help them too. Yeah.
1: I know one of our attendees today is Fred. He's out of Indiana. He's with affiliated and talk about a big team behind him. So technically a solo agent can call themselves team or group. Now, one of the things we'll get into are what the what are the costs and benefits of a team. You know, there's going to be from the point of view of the consumer, the buyers and sellers that we're working with, they may perceive teams as a good or bad thing. Uh, so I don't know how much experience you have with this, Tony. I, I can kind of go on about this, but I'll throw it to you first. Um, let's first talk about the consumer and how they view uh, teams. Do you what what do you think are like maybe one or two benefits they perceive, or maybe one and maybe one or two negatives that they that they perceive?
2: Sure. So it, it, again, it's all individual to that team. But if there's a group of people that actually, and then we could get into the the little legalities of what paperwork, of who's going to be uh, talking to and consulting with and seeing that information. In that uh, particular client's or clients, and you could sell that to them. Is that the benefit of my team? Is there's more than one of us available that's gonna know about you to help you when when one of us is busy, or someone, uh, you know, any busy agent or team leader can't be available 24 7 to every client. So, just showing more support and helping them and being available, in my opinion, is the number one reason. To show that you have a team, and then there's obviously other backend reasons too. So, what about a negative?
1: I know that uh, running a team—you know, we've got a team of over 30. Uh, running a team, I've run into some objections about teams. Okay. What, what what do you think the, the public perceives as a potential one or two negatives about a team?
2: Well, this is—I'll give you a little insight of some of my training when my when I have those single agents that I "Go, hey, I'm going up against this team." on this listing appointment, what do I show myself? I go, listen, you're a boutique one man or one woman office. You do everything yourself. You only work with enough clients that you could handle by yourself. Just like when you walk into a restaurant and there's just two tables of four, you don't say that's a part-time restaurant, or I want to go to a restaurant that has 400 tables. I want to go to someone that's going to give me the, the, uh, from start to finish. I want you to do everything for me. That's the, the, the disadvantage. Some, some buyer seller goes, I don't want to deal with anybody else. I want to talk to you from start to finish. I don't want anybody else touching my file. And some teams can't guarantee that to a client. They go, no, I have, you know, 40 listings and I got buyers and I sell in team leaders. Sometimes have uh, sell 60, 70, 80 homes themselves, and they don't have time to be there 100%. So that's could be the disadvantage to a consumer in a team. If that Tony- makes sense.
1: Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I'll tell you as a team leader, uh that is probably the toughest one of the toughest objections that I have. So yeah, as a solo agent you say, "Oh, I'm going up against this team or mega team. They sell hundreds of houses. How can I possibly compete?" Well, I'm here to tell you as a team leader when when you're going up against say the area expert, the neighborhood expert who only sells maybe five, 10, 15 houses a year, but they focus in a particular city or two, or they really own a neighborhood, I think that's a great way to sell yourself to the to the seller in this example. Um, so that is definitely the kind of the way the business that uh, I see is gravitating. Either you're on a team or you're becoming a specialist of some kind. Now, mm-hmm. if you're not going to be a neighborhood specialist, I would suggest that you become some other kind of specialist. You know, Don't just be the agent who says, well, I just cover all of Greater Cleveland, and anyone who calls me, I'm willing to help. You know, you 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 want to have some badge that you can wear that shows your potential clients that you're really, really good at something, wouldn't you say, Tony? I mean, that's that's. Oh, uh,
2: I, I totally agree, and that's what's everybody's different. Uh, every consumer is different, and which what's the benefits and not. And I just really tell our individual agents that are not on a team is that you have value just because there's, it's a, not a numbers thing. It's, 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 it's about quality of service. And when you sit down in front of a client and show that I have this quality of service, because there's some great businesses, uh, just restaurants and uh, I don't know, say Disney world, you say that is huge. That has great quality service. It's not me. You don't lose some, businesses don't lose, like some good real estate teams don't lose service and connection with the client with volume, but some do. And same with individual agents. Some give great customer service, even though they don't sell as much and those don't have as many clients, but it's all about the service. If that makes sense, that's what you have to sell, why you're going to make them special.
1: Yeah. And the converse of that is true as well. Uh, Sometimes when volume increases, service can get lost. And I know one of the objections I hear from people who are considering working with a team versus a solo agent is... I don't want to get lost in the shuffle. And that was something you referenced earlier, uh, potentially a, a solo agent being able to say, well, look, I handle everything from start to finish, as they say, from soup to nuts, although I hate that expression. Right. <laughs> uh, but uh, they, they're, you know, that is what they're pitching as their value proposition.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Mike Ferrante from Century 21 Homestar and the 21 Mike team, real estate agents serving all of Ohio. Whether you're looking to buy, sell, or you're an agent looking to partner with the number two team for Century 21 in the entire US, contact Mike via email at mike at 21mike.com.
1: So you referenced it earlier, and you know, I know in the 20 minutes we have today, we're not going to cover everything about teams. That's why this is going to be a two-part session. We're going to get into more of these details. Uh, next week, and certainly i will we'll bring in any questions that we have from this session next week. But you quickly mentioned some of the legalities. I know that, uh, you know, we're in Ohio, but I think across the board, the rules are pretty similar, if not the same. So we'll uh, Say before we get into this that you know please check with your local board with your state to make sure the rules are exactly as we're saying here. But tell us about some of the legalities, Tony, because if you're going to be on a team, form a team, you want to make sure you cover that.
2: Right, exactly. So when the legalities of it is that if there's going to be anyone that's outside the broker or management level of the office, like a consumer, could go right on the division of uh, real estate right now pull up an office, it's public record and show and they could find who the principal broker is, who's the management level licensees, and who technically has the legal right to look at their file and their information and can contact them because there's management level. Uh, but anybody outside of the company that's not that you should have in your agency disclosure or uh, some type of disclosure to the client of who else is going to be in contact with you, who else will be seeing your your information uh, and helping even on the back end of things uh, on stuff. So that's and, and, and a lot of teams don't do that, go that far because it's kind of a gray area. But I, as a broker, I put my you know liability hat on <laughs> and I say just over disclose of anybody. Uh, team member, agent, or support person that's in the back end in some type of agreement that they know these people might contact them or have information uh, about their file to make sure that goes smoothly.
1: Yeah, And so two two things I want to hit. I'm going to talk real quick about our team disclosure. You didn't say those words, but I know that's what you're talking about. And then secondly, I want to talk about advertising. Okay, so number one, let's talk about the team disclosure. And on our team, we've actually gone to the extent of creating a one-page document that outlines what you just described, that, hey, we're a team, and more than one agent may be looking at your file or assisting you. Uh, Secondly, we have unlicensed professionals who also are going to help us, admins, transaction coordinator, listing coordinator. And, uh, you know, we felt strongly enough about putting that in writing to disclose to people uh, that that is what's going to happen. Okay. And again, we'll get into the perceived benefits of that and, and how I pitch that when I go on a listing appointment as an example. Uh, but that's kind of what you were talking about, right, Tony, the, team, exactly. the disclosure.
2: Exactly. And, you, and uh, when I talk to agents about their teams and a growing team you don't have to put every single other agent that's on the team on that disclosure because those people the agents might not be involved in the transaction at all because as the teams grow in some larger teams like your teams the members go are in and out the agents of the the team that are just individual agents of the team you don't have to keep on changing a disclosure for that because that that person you know very big, big teams would have a, you know, it'd be a nightmare of paperwork <laughs> change yeah. in every real time. that change.
1: That's right. We, we did that for a while and, you know, not just big teams, but small teams too. You know, yeah. you, you, you run a brokerage of over 500 agents. So in a sense, you run a big team as well. So I know you've um, got some experience in dealing with things like that. Now, now let's talk about advertising. Uh, I know there's some pretty specific rules about advertising. Uh, can you hit a couple? And then if I think there's any you missed, I'll I'll jump in.
2: Well, ones that just recently changed, uh, and uh, obviously my opinion for the better, is that you can't use the word realty or real estate in your team name, so it doesn't confuse it with the actual company. So you could use the word group or team in there. And then there's always got to be an agent name advertised with the team name uh, so they know who to contact, you can't just advertise the team name by itself, there has to be a, a name alongside of it and also, and I know this is gray out there because you see it happen in, a, in other way, ways but I will say this this the division rules are still your office name has to be just as prominent as any team name and or company or agent name. So, we I know there's we see this go off sides because I have agents every once in a while call me and said, Hey, I'm going to build this thing, but I see this other agent at this other company do this. It's not always the right way. And just on a legal side of things, technically, every time you break that rule, is it could be a thousand dollar fine by the division of real estate. So, a yard sign every Business card, everything it's I've never seen it happen <laughs> in in real estate in thirty years, but it's technically there
1: That's crazy, isn't it, Tony? I know one of the things you and I really focus on is liability and protecting our fellow agents, teammates, mm-hmm. and even agents we've never met, you know uh, uh, Fred and you know all the other agents that we get on here, you know we do this. Not just because we like to hear ourselves talk, but because we feel like we have good information to share. And if I know that I saved one agent from getting fined or having to print all new signs or business cards, I feel like you know my work here is done.
2: <laughs> or, or websites, you know, I've yeah. seen that happen. And I, there was articles, uh, but it wasn't in Ohio, but there was other s- states that I've seen articles where they they find agents because they went to their websites and they go, I can't even. See what company they work for, just all about the team or agent. And somewhere on a page or way down at the bottom, had some little blip about the company. So just this is some food for thought, and and hopefully uh, agents that don't know this rule hear that or don't get uh, you know know, before they could change it, get that that call. (laughs) Yep. So. Uh,
1: So another thing to talk about real quick on on advertising. If you're not sure, ask.
2: So ask
1: your manager, your broker, your team leader, double check with the state if you have to or your local board. But um, definitely it's worth to it's it's worth it to do the homework on the front end instead of finding out the hard way when you do get that notice from the state or your board or, or whoever. Uh, but cover yourself, make sure you're complying with all those advertising rules. One of the things that that we're pretty diligent about is, you know, when when the state looks at things as far as a violation, their main concern is protecting the public. I think protecting us is secondary. And so what they really look at is, is it confusing to the public? Have you potentially damaged the public by confusing them or misleading them, for example? So under that kind of uh, scrutiny, I would ask yourself that question about any advertising that you do. To that end, we always try to make sure that any advertising that we do, whether it's an agent on the team promoting an open house, or doing some kind of event, that we always list three things. The brokerage, of course, most prominently, the team, and the agent. So being clear and not confusing to the public is really the end game here. Anything to add, Tony?
2: No, that's, that's perfect. Uh, I, I like that. And then uh, I love when agents call me. Uh, a lot of my conversations every day start with, hey, Tony, I think I know the answer to this. I think I'm okay, but double checking with you. I said, I love those. They're usually one or two minute things. Hey, look at this. Is this good? And then uh, I give my stamp on it and they know that I'm backing it up. So if there was wrong, it's my fault. <laughs> right. I'm okay taking that. I said, check with me first. I'll make sure. And I, if you, I got an email or text from me, that's good to go. You, you're, you're clean. You know Your broker approved that.
1: Yep no I'm and I save those emails too I make you put that in writing so that I could say no yeah. Tony you said
2: <laughs> Exactly that's, that's that's I love that because yeah. that that makes me know that your agents are thinking and making sure uh, just that's, you know, you learned in class, that's what your broker's supposed to be doing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And again, we're here to avoid liability. So little things like, you know, if you create a team and your signs, your team name, or your name is bigger than the brokerage, you may say, ah, what's the big deal? Well, here's the big deal. Part of our business is policing ourselves. And I know a lot of people will say, oh, I can't believe someone would, would rat me out. But the reality is that, uh, the public doesn't think very highly of us as a profession, as with a, with regards to ethics and like the quality of of what we do. Every year, I think that the that the, there's more and more question brought up in the, as to what's our value. People are starting to say, "Well, I can just do everything on, on on Zillow." So I think that improving the bar, raising the bar of our ethics and the value that we bring is so important. And part of that is policing our our own. So I, I guess what I'm getting to is. If you're going to say, ah, heck with it. I don't care. I'm just going to put my name or my team's name as big as I can on my sign. Guess what? Someone's probably going to turn you in and it's going to be a real hassle for you. So if for no other reason than to avoid hassle, avoid liability, really know these rules and comply with them. And by the way, this is whether you're a solo agent or a team.
2: Yeah, no, I, I get uh, as a broker probably at least two a year, uh, sometimes more, sometimes less from the division of real estate. It's usually a postcard, a mailer some sort, uh, email. I get those hey, this one doesn't meet the criteria and, uh, or an advertisement. So if you're sending out anything a mass email ma- magazine newsletter, something or postcard, check with the office to make sure it meets the requirement. And most, uh, most time the division is just putting a warning said, hey j- just check with this agent. you know the, they had they didn't have the right logo. it's not big enough. And I know it's always coming from another agent. The board, the uh, division of real estate doesn't get all of your mailers. And I had one last year. I, they they sent a copy of it and, and uh, the address of <laughs> of a postcard. The agent sent it with their name on it. And I knew the exact agent that sent it to the, the division. Yeah. So I actually told the agent, hey, make sure that agent's off your list just because you're wasting postcard because you're sending a postcard to an agent. <laughs> so yeah.
1: Well, and, you know, I know that I'm going to say this one more time. It's really our responsibility as agents to raise that bar. So don't Mm -hmm. think negatively of agents who are turning in agents, you know, think, think of it as, you know what, we're all in it together. We, we need to appear better to the public. So we're just raising that, that bar, not that I'm encouraging you to turn in every agent you see breaking a rule, but it's important. It's, it's really an important thing to understand.
2: I honestly think this rule is so easy. It's just that anytime you see it, it's usually the the agent doesn't know or got something printed and and yeah. missed it and didn't want to waste the money. And I just printed these. Uh, you know, there's different things. So I I just don't think anybody's doing it on purpose. Uh, yeah, they just don't know.
1: Yep. Of course, we always we always know that ignorance is not a defense. So. Uh, that's why we're here teaching. So let me do this. We're out of time. Uh, I knew we were not going to be able to cover everything today. So, real quick teaser for next week's session. You know, one of the things we really didn't get too much in depth on is the structure of teams. There's a variety of different structures, it's not just solo agent and teams, there's all different ways to set up teams. There are teams where the head agent is the main listing agent, but there's other setups where everyone has a different role. It could be a husband and wife. It could be a team of 50 or hundred. You know, it, uh, there are things called showing agents. We'll get into that a little bit. We're going to talk about the benefits of a team. And we're also going to talk a little bit about uh, comparing those benefits to solo agent. I know we just hit the tip of the iceberg today, uh, but I've got a whole list. Uh, and again, we're, we're going to need another 20 minutes to go through all right. of that. Uh, but you know that's really important stuff. And hopefully if you're thinking about forming a team or joining a team, you'll at least be equipped with the right questions to ask to make the decision. Is it right for you to form a team or join a team by the time you're done listening to our second session.
2: Sounds great.
1: All right, Tony, thanks for doing this. Thanks for doing this as always. Uh, Again, if you have any real estate questions, or you're interested in learning more about what Tony does at Century 21 Homestar, it's 216-374-1269. And he loves to text 23 and a half hours out of the day. He only sleeps (laughs) 30 minutes a day. Uh, And of course, if you want to hit me up, it's at 21 mikecom Thanks everybody.
0: Thanks, Mike. Thanks, everyone. See you soon. We hope you enjoyed Free Beer and Real Estate from Century 21 Homestar and the 21 Mike team. Please subscribe to our podcast and find us on YouTube by searching for Mike Ferrante, Cleveland Realtor. You will find videos, training, and even recipes from 21 Mike's Vegan Kitchen.